it's the new year, you're amped up about your business. And I just read a report where 60% of restaurant owners are considering expanding in the new year. But what does it take to expand your business in 2023? Some things still apply, right? You need to have financials, you need to have structure, you need to have training, you need to have, you know, the ability to access your products in different markets. You know, that supply chain stuff is, is super important. But what else? What else do you need in 2023? What are some priorities that you need to tackle if you want to grow your restaurant concept this year? This is going to be a little bit of a series, but we're going to start out with the basics here, break it down to a couple different chunks. Hopefully you guys find it informative. If you have any questions, obviously always hit me up, but we're going to dive into these topics consistently this year. We're going to break down each one of these segments that is, you know, highlighted in this episode in an in individual episodes. So just listen to it, absorb it, hit me up, ask me any questions. But if you want to learn more about a specific topic, they're going to be following up. All right. They're going to be in the next couple of weeks. So check it out. How to build a scalable restaurant in 2023. Look, I'm a big believer that experience teaches. My goal with this show is to have guests to share their experience so that they can tell you what it's like, what they did right and what they did wrong. And I'm going to share the same. Look, I'm not trying to regurgitate stuff you can find on the internet. I'm going to tell you how it really is and what it's really like to own your own place. This is the National Restaurant Owners Podcast with your host, Kyle and Sarah. This episode of the National Restaurant Owners Podcast is brought to you by Plate IQ your accounts payable automation and expense management solution. As a restaurant owner, you know how important it is to stay on top of your bills. Plate IQ works with over 20,000 restaurants across the country, helping them manage and automate the full life cycle of the invoice process. Everything from general ledger coding up to and including bill payment. Plate IQ uses OCR. What's OCR, Kyle? I'm gonna tell you. It's optical character recognition and deep machine learning to help eliminate manual data entry from the accounts payable process. With Plate IQ's vendor pay, you can seamlessly flow from invoice upload to paying your bills. That means you don't have to type it in. You scan it in and it does the rest of the work for you. How about that? Does that save you some time, some headaches? With Plate IQ's vendor pay, you can also see what is due and when. Schedule payments via check, ACH, or Plate IQ card. Plus, you can even earn cash back. Yes, cash back on your invoices from over 180,000 vendors. I didn't even know there were that many vendors. That's amazing. Lastly, vendor pay is also for vendors. Keeping your vendors happy will give you leverage in negotiating your terms. Vendors participating in Plate IQ's vendor pay love it because on average, they get paid 25% faster. To learn more, head over to plateiq.com, hit request demo in the top right hand corner and when you're done and you love it and you're ready to sign up mention that you heard all about plate iq on the national restaurant owners podcast from kyle and receive 25 percent off implementation what's up guys welcome back to the national restaurant owners podcast i am i'm excited i'm just excited for this year i got new lights i got a fake restaurant backdrop here let's just call it what it is i got the fake restaurant backdrop and I finally have a clear vision of where I want this podcast to go. I want it to be this resource 
And now I'm just excited. I'm just excited to tackle it. So I want to just get right into it today. It's going to be a short episode. I would anticipate more of these short episodes uh, in the coming year because we're going to talk to very specific points as it pertains to restaurant growth and scaling and expansion and all that fun stuff. But this episode is really super quick. Let's just talk about what that even means to be a scalable restaurant. A lot of you guys want to open up multiple units. You want to open up in new markets, and that's awesome. But what does it really mean, and what does it take to be a scalable restaurant? We're going to touch on that today. And then as the year goes on, we're going to continue the conversation. And it's a couple different couple different things you got to go through, a couple boxes you got to check. Probably not super complicated to you, but it's important to lay it out and really assess your business and understand where you fall right now and where you want to go in terms of your growth. They say that that's identifying where you are in the growth cycle. So, you know, this industry is constantly changing. You know, we've, we've experienced that in the last year and a half, two years. We don't need to belabor that. But what is important to really understand, I think the biggest takeaway from that is the ability for you to adapt and change to whatever the environment is, is dictating, you know, the things that you can't control, that's what's super important. Scalable restaurant concepts. I have my notes here. So if you're watching the video, don't don't judge me that I'm not I'm looking at my notes. I need I need these notes. <laughs> it's just the way that it is, man. I'm getting older. I need notes. A scalable restaurant concept is a business model where you can take on additional units without it impacting the rest of the business, meaning the other stores. So can you adapt that model that's successful in New York and not have it and open up in DC and not have it impact any one of your other locations in New York or otherwise. That's really the definition of scaling is that you now have a, a business and a system that you can take anywhere and execute over and over again. Now there are a few different elements to this. And we're going to start with one very simple. And I mentioned this a bunch of times before, but if you want to have a scalable restaurant concept, let's just start with the basic, the basic understanding of what you need. You need a simple menu. You need a menu that's not necessarily simple in terms of what it offers, but simple to execute. So you need to have food that is tasty and craveable and all that stuff, but you need to have recipes and the infrastructure and the supply chain to execute that for easy prep, faster food service, right? Faster execution during service and minimal waste, right? That's, that should be your baseline. That's where you're going to start. Where are you at now? And where do you fall when it comes to those categories? A smaller, tighter menu, easier to manage, simpler ordering, simpler inventory, and just much more efficient for the kitchen. You know, things like cross utilization and all that stuff matter. But let's just remember, those are basics. The simplicity of execution and the simplicity of ordering and prepping and all that stuff come into play for a scalable restaurant. The other part, as we touched on in the intro, is the flexible operations. Flexible operations mean you're, will, you're 
willing and able to adapt your business in a variety of different ways that allow you to still make money despite what's going on. So you saw that during COVID. Again, I hate harping on that, but that's just it's the way that it is. The restaurants that were like, I can't package this to go, they struggled, right? The ones that said, let's just make a delivery menu of, you know, with our burgers, with our pizza, with whatever it is, and figured it out, they were able to keep the doors open because people just at that point, it was just about feeding people. But you adapted your model. And if you could do it for that, you could do it for almost anything. So there's different levels of adaptability based on the type of restaurant you are and the market that you're in. But basically, you want to be able to adapt to the changing needs and demands of your customer base, your core customer in one market versus another, right? It's not going to be the same. So if you have some rigid policy in New York and in DC, it just doesn't seem to be working. Can you modify the business to still get those customers coming back, but also to maintain the integrity of the brand? That's one of the things that that's important to, to understand. It's not necessarily being so rigid in your operations and in your you know steps of service, but it's delivering that hospitality. It's delivering that dinner menu. It's delivering the same level of service and same level of quality when it comes to the cocktails and the food in one location as you do to another. And sometimes that means you got to bend the rules a little bit, right? Something that maybe worked in your original location might not work in your second or third unit for any number of reasons, but you got to be able to adapt. Now, this is where you're going to spend a bulk of your time, if you ask me. As somebody who's been through opening another location, standardized systems and processes are key. Now, A, you want them for consistency, right? So what happens if, if you're going to have to call out for a shift? How do you set up the dining room? When do you go about you know steps of service, dropping the dessert menu? Whatever those things are, they need to be the same. It makes things easier to manage as you, as you get bigger. The expectation of what you have in terms of all the aspects of your business will be easier to manage if they're the same across all, all the units. And that includes, you know, managing the inventory, cooking. So recipe cards are important, ordering sheets, ordering guides, ordering to pars, um, the supply chain, ingredient sourcing, things of that nature need to be standardized. You know, it's, it's much more difficult to be a farm-to-table restaurant that's scalable, right? Because maybe you can't get the same products from one farm in North Carolina that you can get in, in Boston. But that's why you don't see a whole lot of scaled farm-to-table concepts, right? Because it's very difficult to do. A lot probably say that they're farm-to-table, but we, we know how that goes. Shout out to the farm-to-table restaurants that are actually doing it, though. Um, plus... When everything is standardized and all of your staff knows how to go about their day, how to go about service, it makes it easier when you're bringing in new staff. I've been there. I have been there where I'll walk into the dining room and something that I had fixed the day before, I would ask somebody, say, hey, what happened here? I thought we said yesterday, oh, well. Your partner came in yesterday and changed it. Or oh, the manager said he didn't like it. That's my fault. 
right? I have to dictate that. I have to make sure that that is the same as consistent. If there's a problem with it, then we should be communicating about it. But that's, that's a different story. Communication is probably a whole other episode, but it's important that those consistent pieces are always there so that when you're training somebody say, no, you know what? We always put the salt and pepper shakers here. Or at the end of the night, we always clean up and then we do this. Or at the beginning of the shift, we always do that. They know what to expect. So it's not learning from the person training them and then learning from somebody on the floor something different. So standardize all that stuff. In addition, when you have all those systems and you know steps of service and standardized uh, all across the board, you're going to save money, right? People are going to just be more on top of it. It's just kind of like when you have a recipe that you know every week we use 50 pounds of flour, we use 25 pounds of butter, and we use two cases of you know salt, whatever that is, you start to, the person doing the ordering, the chef, the sous chef, whoever it is, the manager, starts to get a feel for that. And they know like, hey, what we make and what we sell, like, it's been normal busy. Why are our purchases going up? Like something you got to take a look at. You're on top of the inventory, right? You know what's going on. Oh, you know, I thought we had more flour. We didn't. We had to buy more. It just becomes part of your who you are. And it becomes just a feel that you have for the business. And if it's not standardized and somebody's throwing a monkey wrench here and there and ordering different things and not on top of the inventory and not on top of the ordering, it becomes a headache and you wind up spending more money than you need to. And if you're trying to grow, you need every single penny that you can possibly get. So it's a cost-saving measure. Lastly, hot topic. I talk about it a lot. My other podcast that we just started, Restaurant Idea Factory, we talk about it a lot. We have some great tech partners over there, but it's technology. Technology and automation. How do you know which technology to use? It's a fantastic question. There's so much out there. It's overwhelming. But ultimately, a couple of things I think about. I put this on Twitter today. Does it save you money? Does the technology save you time? Does it make your business more efficient? Does it do something for you that you as the operator don't want to do or just are not good at? That's another thing. And does the cost, the monthly cost or the setup fees, whatever it is, does it justify, are you justified rather, in spending the money on that versus the savings you're going to have or the, or the makeup of time or whatever the variable is that you're choosing is important because you don't want to spend, you know, $1,500 a month to save 1000 Maybe you would, but you get what I'm saying. So start there. Start with identifying a need. You're going to need some technology to scale this. You're going to need a lot of technology if you ask me, but you have to be on top of what's most important to you and which factors are going to be the pieces where you need the most help. So I would always start with the POS, right? Which... Some people might say this one is better than that one, but you only know if you get your hands on it, right? Like same things like in school. My daughter always says, everyone hates this teacher, so I hate them too. Well, maybe you're going to like them. Give them a shot. So try them out, do the demos, do all that stuff, figure out what works for you. For me, I like the ones that have, you guys know, Toast is not a, I do not have any paid partnership with Toast. They're not a sponsor of the show, although I wish they were. I'm a big fan of Toast, but find out what works for you. 
they have everything that's in there. That's what I love. I don't need other pieces of software. There's some things you have to attach to it, but they have a lot. Your payroll, your inventory, your, your uh, loyalty, things like that. Plus, in and of that, they have a great KDS system, and they have the handheld stuff. Big fan. Worked for me. You should check them out, see if it works for you, or find something that does. There's just so much technology. We can have a whole episode on technology. But ultimately, you know, you want to find something, again, that's going to make life for you easier. Okay? So does that mean customer engagement? Does that mean things for marketing? You know, you have data collection. How are you getting email addresses from these folks so that you can you can retarget them? Right? Automation of a lot of the stuff in that technology is another big thing. You know, you can save labor costs. There's a lot of things automation can do. And it's it's kind of growing every single day. So, again, be open-minded to what's out there. Don't just, you know, dismiss something due to cost. Don't dismiss something due to, like, I don't think I need it. Really step back and look at your business and say, okay, this is where I could use this. I've heard a little bit about this, you know, this this software where I can gauge, you know, customer feedback right in the moment. Maybe you want that. Maybe that will help you out your business. Only you can answer those questions, right? They're going to try to sell you everything. Just make sure it works for you. All right. Let's just close this out. We're going to go back and touch on all these points. If you guys have any questions about any of this stuff, we're going to have where? I'm going to have more content on TikTok about each one of these topics moving forward, probably on Instagram too. I'm just loving TikTok. The engagement there is, is fire. But let's just remember, simple menu, flexible operations, standardized systems and processes, and technology with a little bit of automation. All of these pieces, when they come together and the restaurant's able to adapt and change, right? You're this small, nimble business that can be dropped in any sort of market and make money. That's a scalable business. That is a scalable restaurant. And that's what investors are going to look at. You can do it here, but can you do it somewhere else? That's it for today. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. Again, stay tuned. We're going to take a deeper dive into each one of these topics. There's a ton more to unravel here, but I want to start out with a definition. I know a lot of you guys are scalable. You want to know how to get started, so hopefully this helps. And um, yeah, hit me up anytime. You guys always do. Instagram, TikTok, Kyle at 4-turns.com. Love to hear from you guys. Please, 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 if you're listening to this, on if this is YouTube, subscribe, like, comment, love it. If you're just listening to the podcast, leave us a review. Would love to hear a review what you guys think. So, all right, that's it for now. We'll check you guys next week. Peace. Did anybody say peace anymore? I do. Peace. Later, guys. That's it for another episode of the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope you learned something new. Don't forget to follow us over on social media to stay up to date on all the latest episodes and all the show updates. You can find us on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. That's right. We're on TikTok now. Just search for the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. And, of course, if you liked what you heard today, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Your support helps us reach more listeners and kind of just keeps the show going. And that's what it's all about. We want to reach more restaurant owners, more restaurant owners who are in need of help, who are maybe just one piece of information away from saving their business or taking their business to the next level. So that's what it's all about. 
And uh, that's it for this week. So thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week with another episode of the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. See you guys next week.